I remember when I was practicing law, I mean, you have to sort of become a subject matter expert mm -hmm. on whatever, you know, I had a client that was a fiber manufacturer. So suddenly I'm learning all about polymer fibers and you know, things that I never thought a lawyer would need to know, right? No, for a second, I thought you were, I thought you were talking like fiber supplements, like diet. Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, that would be good too. Nope. Uh, I'm sure there's somebody out there, by the way. I'm sure there there's somebody who represents the good is. folks at the Metamucil Corporation. <laughs> <laughs> somebody has to do This is Admissible. I'm Natalie Blazer, Dean of Admissions at UVA Law. As you all know, this podcast is geared mostly toward law school applicants, whether you're in the thick of your application cycle or thinking about applying sometime in the future. Well, today's show is hopefully going to be helpful to applicants no matter where they're at in the process, but it may be especially helpful to folks who haven't even gotten to the application stage yet or just don't know that much about how the process works. The idea for this episode really came to me because it dawned on me that this is quite literally a new generation applying uh, compared to when I applied. The world looked a lot different back then, uh, but a lot of things about lawyering and law school really have not changed. So I want to dive into what going to law school and being a lawyer means today in the 2020s. I am beyond excited to have our guest on today because he knows a lot about practicing law and preparing young law students from the second they enter the doors as one else. Professor Joe Four is the co-director of UVA Law's Legal Research and Writing Program. In addition to teaching legal research and writing courses, Professor Four works extensively with the law school's moot court programs, something I know for a fact a lot of our applicants are already familiar with at the undergraduate level. Before joining the law school faculty, Professor Four was an attorney with Baker Hostetler, practicing both trial-level and appellate litigation in Washington, D.C. and Orlando, Florida. Professor Four graduated from UVA Law in 2011. While in law school, Professor Four was a notes editor for the Virginia Law Review and a semifinalist in the William Minor Lyle Moot Court Competition. And Professor Four is the very first law professor we've had on this podcast, so I am very excited. Welcome to the show. Great. Thanks, Natalie. Great, great to be here. So I do a little icebreaker with all of our guests. And so my question for you is, what are you currently reading for fun? <laughs> if um, anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a great question. Uh, for fun. I tend to read nonfiction stuff. But there is this book that it's a sci-fi okay. novel set in the distant future in space. And actually, I learned about it from a podcast. Okay. Um, it's called uh, Children of Time. Uh, the author is Adrian Tchaikovsky. And it involves like people traveling in space, like in sort of a dystopian future. And then the other half is written from the perspective of these like sentient spiders. Oh, my <laughs> I'm not gosh. A, yeah, it, it seems a little <laughs> weird, right? Um, I know it sounds really weird, but um, it's a kind it of It sounds... Fun. <laughs> Not only weird, but also very entertaining. So. I'm always wondering what my dog and two cats are thinking, frankly. Uh, <laughs> well, the idea for this icebreaker actually came because I'm a huge reader, and mm -hmm. I also hear about people recommending books on podcasts. So mm -hmm. I feel like I just want to pay it forward. You know, now someone might go out and buy that book. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Um, this episode is called So You're Thinking About Law School, and I feel like we could go on for hours and hours on this topic. There's a lot to cover. But what I really want listeners to be thinking about at this stage is 
so why why are you thinking about law school? In other words, what does it mean to be a lawyer? What do what do lawyers do? So if I were to ask you, Professor Four, what does a lawyer do? And you had to answer in one sentence, what would you say? Wow. Uh, lawyers help people solve problems that involve the law. So, you know, look, if you're having trouble with uh, the pipes in your house, you call a plumber, right? If you want to design a bridge, you call an engineer. If you have an issue that involves the law in any way, right, that's what lawyers do. And primarily we deal in words, right? That's our sort of stock and trade. You know, um, carpenters deal with wood and we deal with words for the most part. I love that answer. And we deal with words, which is right, which is why it's hard to stick to one sentence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I definitely appreciate that. <laughs> um, so fill in this sentence. If you don't like blank, law school is probably not for you. Hmm. Uh, I'd say reading. I mean, lawyers deal in words. And, and primarily, if you're talking specifically about law school, most of what you do in law school to learn is you read primarily legal cases, right? You'll go back and you'll read opinions from previous court cases to help you try to figure out what the law is, what the party's arguments are, why would the court decide the way they would? So you can kind of get a really broad understanding. And so, yeah, if, if you don't like to read, uh, it's going to be not as much fun. Absolutely. And for our one else who just arrived, seeing them go to the bookstore and come out with this gigantic stack of books and their eyes are kind of going wide. Um, yeah, they know that they're about to sit down for, like you said, two or three hours of reading. I will say it does get easier. The more oh, the more yeah. reading you do, you sort of can get quicker at it. Yeah. And, and you know, you know, one thing that is a little interesting about law school that the students may not appreciate is when you read these these opinions from courts, they all involve stories, right? I mean, you're reading the story of what happened to these people, right? So a car accident or a contract between two parties, some business dispute that went wrong. So it makes it a little more interesting than just kind of what people may be thinking of like reading a science book or a math book for an so hour true. night. It's not like that. Yes, absolutely. And so this might be the answer to the next question. You will enjoy being a lawyer if you enjoy blank. So we already covered you kind of have to like reading. But what about being yeah. an actual lawyer? Yeah. Um, if you enjoy thinking about different arguments, if you appreciate all sides of like a debate or argument, um, if you want to actually discuss things and understand things, I think that those are the people that are going to enjoy lawyering and being in law school. I think a lot of people who are starting out, they'll say, well, my parents always said I love to argue, so I need to go to law school. Yeah, I don't, I don't really buy into that um, <laughs> because there are lots of different ways to be a lawyer. Not all of them, by the way, involve arguing. <laughs> Some lawyer, a lot of lawyers are, you know, they're deal makers. They're trying to actually work collaboratively with people. And, and even when you do have disputes like lawsuits or whatever, the most effective lawyers, in my opinion, are the ones that actually are collaborative. They take that more approach. Look, we all want to get to some conclusion on, and arguing or fighting in a, with animosity isn't doesn't help that. So I think that's that's one misconception. People say, I like to argue, I should be a lawyer. Um, also learning. The law is always changing. You know, new laws are passed, new court cases come down, we have to adjust and move. So if you like learning new stuff, um, law, law's, law's for you. Yeah. Um, so Professor Four, as listeners learned from your bio that I um, had at the top of the show, you personally practiced both trial level and appellate litigation before coming to UVA Law to, to become a law professor. Explain, like, if you can, for people who don't know, what does that mean to practice trial level and appellate litigation? Yeah, absolutely. So 
um, litigation litigators, right? That just refers to people who go into courtrooms or work on lawsuits, right? So actually, litigation is probably what you're most familiar with, right? If you watch Suits, you watch uh, Law and Order, right? Those people are litigators, right? They're going into court. They're working on lawsuits. You know, when you hear about cases in the news, you know, criminal cases or lawsuits or cases at the Supreme Court, right? Those are litigation matters. They are matters that are in a courtroom because there's some kind of dispute going on between the parties. And that's how the parties go and solve their dispute is by going to court and, you know, going before a judge and solving their dispute that way. So those are litigators. Um, trial level is is where you start. And that's where you would have, you know, uh, the parties will try to resolve their dispute. After that dispute ends, so right, typically we think of one, one party wins and one party loses. Uh, the party that loses may not be happy with that. And then they can appeal that decision to a, to a higher court, to an appellate court. And that's, that's what we call so appellate litigation, would be stepping in to help the parties. They've already had one go round at the trial level. One party won, one party lost. And then the losing party says, hey, I want to appeal that. I want to dispute that. I think the lower court got that wrong. The trial court got it wrong. I should have won. And so that's appellate litigation is stepping in to help the parties. Then at that, at the next level of court. And before you got into litigation, did you know for sure that there were, that you wanted to do that or that there were certain kinds of law you did not want to practice? Um, not, not really. Um, I really didn't know what type of law I wanted to do until I, I went out and and did a summer internship. We call them like a summer associate or summer internship where you spend a summer working at a law firm. And I got to work with different people in different areas and sort of test out and say, well, what did I like? What do I not like? I enjoyed the litigation aspect because I like, I like writing. I like making those arguments. I like thinking about things. And that's how I like to solve problems. So I said before, you know, lawyers help solve problems. And lawyers do it in all different ways, right? Some lawyers help people manage their business affairs, right? You know, write their wills or set up estates or trust to buy property or, or hold property or pay taxes um, or do business deals. Um, I liked kind of helping people and making arguments by writing and thinking about things. And so that's kind of why I gravitated towards litigation. But if you were to talk to most lawyers, so if you went into a law firm right now and you found some partner at a law firm who's been there for 20 years and you said, you know, how did you end up as an employment law lawyer, 20 years of experience and being an expert. I think most lawyers would probably say, look, I was in law school or fresh out of law school. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I ended up working on one employment law matter for one lawyer and they were really cool and I thought it was interesting. And yeah, I liked it. And now 20 years later, that's what I do. So I just encourage people to be really open-minded uh, about you know, what they might want to do. And if you, if you don't know, you're sitting there and you're like, I don't know how exactly I'd want to use a law degree or what I would want to do, that's totally fine. There is lots of time to figure that out. Absolutely. And for the people who do know or think they know, you know, being open to changing your mind, because a lot of times what people think a certain type of law is or a certain type of lawyer does they've come to find out that's not really the case. So I think what you just said is going to put a lot of people at ease. You haven't even had a law school class yet, so it's completely fine not to know. And you're going to be exposed to so many different types of law and people and practitioners and who will influence you. Yeah. And actually, I want to, if I could go back, like even at the very beginning, right? what do lawyers do? I think because of especially, you know, the news and and movies and TV shows, right? What do people see in lawyers? They see litigators. Like that's that's all they see. And that's kind of like saying, 
if you based your knowledge of what doctors do solely by watching <laughs> Grey's Anatomy, right? And you yeah. think that every doctor is like in the ER saving people from car accidents, like rushing around, right. you know, saving people who are bleeding out. And you're like, well, of course that's not right. There's like hundreds of different kinds of doctors. Right. And a lot of people are like, sitting in a pediatrician's office right. or looking at x-rays all day. Like, so I just want to be clear that, that there's tons of different kinds of lawyering. And so there's tons of things you can do. Some of them are, sure, in court. Some of them are writing. There are tax lawyers. There are business lawyers. There are people that help people with adoptions and divorces and family law matters and real estate. What can really help you decide what kind of law you want to practice is your own personality and your temperament and understanding that, right? Like, so you asked about litigation. I tended to enjoy more the appellate litigation because that's that's my temperament. I'm a I'm kind of a calmer, quieter person. I'm I'm a, more of an introvert. Um, I was always fine going into work, sort of closing my door, and sitting there for six hours and writing, you know, a motion for the court or an appellate brief. Now there are lots of other people that would find that super boring. There's not like one kind of lawyer. There's not one kind of person that should go to law school. I think. You know, any type of person, any type of personality can be an effective lawyer. It's just about finding like what fits your personality and your experience and your passion. So true. And sitting behind closed doors writing an appellate brief does not make for great television. But those things are happening all the time. Yeah, there's no medical shows about radiologists right, right? Right. <laughs> looking at an Maybe MRI. There be. Maybe there should be. But, <laughs> you know, there's there's not a lot of uh, yeah, not a lot of law shows that focus on, you know, the the corporate tax attorney yeah. um, quietly going about That's their right. business. You That's know? Right. But like if you like that, right, if you're a business minded person and you love spreadsheets and you're thinking about, well, should I go work at like investment banking or maybe I want to go work for business somewhere like maybe you should go be a tax lawyer or go be a corporate lawyer and help people put together investment plans like that looks a lot like the same kind of work. Right. I so. always tell people, ask people what how they spend their time. What do they do in the day to day and think about that. You know, there's a great story. There's a, a podcast called How I Lawyer by um, Jonah Perlin, who teaches legal writing at Georgetown. And his whole podcast, he just interviews different kind of lawyers. And he asks them about their career paths and how they got in there. Um, and there, he had a guest on uh, a guy named Rafi Malconian, who's a lawyer out in Texas. And Rafi has a great story. When he started, he wanted to be a, an international business lawyer. He's like, I want to be this fancy, hotshot, international deal maker. But he realized... What it mostly involved was him sitting around, calling people on the phone all day and badgering them about whether they had completed all the checklist items that had to go through before the business deal could go through. And he was like, I actually hate talking on the phone to people. <laughs> and so I was miserable. Absolutely. People talk a lot about wanting to be an international lawyer of some <laughs> kind. And I think that, yes, they have this idea in their mind, but sometimes you you really do need to understand it's sifting through documents. Mm -hmm. It's it's the phone calls. Yeah. So for someone out there who's listening to this episode, maybe it's the beginning of their college career. Maybe they haven't even gone to college yet. But let's pretend they're in a relatively early stage of thinking about law school. Do you have advice in terms of what they should study in undergrad? You know, what kind of internships? Like what, what kind of advice would you give to a person who's maybe just embarking on their college career? So from an admissions side, you know, listen to Natalie. And, you know, if, if you're trying to get into law school, if you're trying to kind of, you know, maximize your, your chances, I'll come at it from just sort of a preparedness side. Yeah. Um, uh, I actually I, I don't think there is really a, a particularly like one track to prepare you. I, th I think, you know, 
stereotypically, a lot of people would say, well, I'm going to major in history or maybe I should take some Latin or whatever, you know, Uh, I should take English if I want to write a lot. I'd actually say, no, take take all different things. Right. Um, Because what, what I think students should do is study what you're interested in, study what you're passionate about, study broadly. At this point, I'm closing in on, you know, a thousand or so students that I've taught in my courses and I've had students that run the gamut for majors, right? I've had everybody from your stereotypical history, English, business person to people that were computer programmers and engineers, mm-hmm. and they've all been super successful. There's not one recipe. Don't try to fit yourself to the mold of, mm-hmm. quote, a lawyer. Bring yourself to that role. Yes. Right. And it will you can build your career and your law school or whatever around what you are. And, and in terms of you said like internships or experiences. Look, if somebody want, if they're really interested in criminal law and they want to go do a summer internship at a prosecutor's office or go into a judge, I would never dissuade somebody from doing that. But you got a lot of time. Yeah. You know, you get the rest of your life if you want to be a lawyer. <laughs> if you do end up being a lawyer, right? You got the rest of your life to see law stuff. Like you're in college. I would say, you know, if you want to spend the summer being a whitewater rafting guide in Montana, I'd be like, do it. Like yeah. you're not going to get to do it again. Um, I would kind of say in terms of extracurriculars, do whatever you want. Things yeah. that are interesting to you and going to make you an interesting person. And from an admission standpoint, it's always more powerful when we see someone who is authentic, not just doing the cookie cutter things they think they should do. The the 1L class has had the most diverse range of experiences you could even imagine. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't agree more that while you're young, <laughs> there's plenty of time to work. Um, obviously, it's great to be exposed to different sectors and everything like that, but also take time for your interests, your hobbies, all of that stuff. Yeah. So this segues pretty nicely into my next question, which is, you know, the 1Ls, they're here. As a 1L faculty member, mm-hmm. you have what I consider a privilege of seeing our law students at the very, very beginning of their law school education journey, like their raw material. So I'm curious if you have identified any skills or qualities, traits that students come to you already equipped with that Mm. that really help set them up for success Mm -hmm. on the path to being a lawyer. Yeah. So sort of break this up into, you know, what we would call the the hard skills and the soft skills, right? Yeah. So the hard skills are like the tangible things like being able to write or read well or critically think. And then there's the softer skills, things like time management, organization. <laughs> so I'll, I'll talk about both of those. I'm going to actually start with the soft skills because I think that those are really critical and often overlooked. Things like organization. A whole lot of lawyering is just making sure that certain things happen at a certain time and in a certain order, right? So if you're doing business deals or whatever, like a lot of it is not super like intellectually heavy lifting. It's just like, did we achieve this? Mm -hmm. And then we have to make sure that this thing happens before this thing. Did we get this document signed by the court? This needs to go to the client at this date, right? And just staying on top of that is such an important part of lawyering. And same with law school, right? Because law students are going to be, we've talked before about readings and things. You're going to be juggling as a first year law student, um, like at UVA, I mean, you've got five courses in the fall. And you're, they're all new things. You're going to be juggling five classes, each of which has different readings, different times. Some of them will have like a midterm exam. You might have a paper in my class that you're working on. You have readings for other classes. You know, you're, you're doing all these different things. And just the ability to stay organized, right. have a system is really critical. The other one is just, I would say, time management and balance. Burnout's a real thing. Mm-hmm. People can go too hard. 
um, you can lose focus. Yeah. So I think the most effective students that I run into are the ones who can manage their time, but they also know like when to stop, right? When they say, look, I got to go to sleep or <laughs> I got to go to the gym or yeah. I'm going to go for like a hike. Because, like, I haven't gotten outside and touched grass in a while. So I'm just going to step outside the building. Or I'm going to hang out with non-law school people or whatever. You know, oh, like, yeah. hey, I'm, it's a little intense in here sometimes, <laughs> right? People are, like, freaking out about something. I'm, I'm going to go over here and just hang out with my family or, you know, call it whatever. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's really important. And then on the hard skills, like we said, reading, critical reading. Right. I think everybody's like, oh, I can read a book. I can read my textbook. And I think one big difference, right, is a lot of times in in college or high school, people are reading to kind of acquire information. They're right. Like I'm reading my my AP history book and I'm just highlighting like check, check, check. I learned this fact. I learned this fact. I learned this fact. And like, OK, I gathered that from the reading and now I can go use that fact in this thing. Like we said, a lot of what you're going to be reading in law school are things like judicial opinions, right? where a judge is explaining the case and kind of explaining their reasoning for why one party should win and the other one should lose. But you got to do a fair amount of work there, mm-hmm. right? It's not just like the, the one slight difference there is these aren't textbooks where somebody has already curated and given you the clear answer. You are kind of having to figure out a little right. bit of the answer on your own saying, well, wait a minute, I see what the judge is saying here, but how exactly does that tie in with this? Or how does that relate to the argument that the parties made? So I see that the judge bought into this argument, but rejected this one. But wait a minute. But the, they also made this argument. So the judge doesn't say why they didn't buy that argument. And you might have to do some work on your own to figure that out. So really like critical reading, um, which is not an easy thing to do. And That's then, why reading 10 pages can take two hours sometimes yes. in law school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it is really. It, it is about qu- quality over quantity. You've got to really understand that. Or the ability to integrate. What you'll actually be doing a lot is, you know, you won't just be reading one case. You might be reading two or three cases together, right? So your, your professor might say, okay, tomorrow we're going to talk about this topic. And I want you to go read these three different cases. And we're going to figure out how they fit together. And so the ability to read there is critical. And then I think another, I guess, soft skill, hard skill, um, I mentioned before about like arguing. Mm -hmm. I I actually really think that, um, probably call it like empathy, Mm. right? The ability to actually understand, fully understand like the other side's argument or all all sides of an argument. Mm. Um, Doesn't mean you have to agree with them, but you have to understand it. So if you're thinking about the context of like negotiations, if you're a kind of lawyer you're negotiating or trying to get a settlement, you've got to put yourself in the other side's yeah. shoes and say, what would I really want if I were over there? Because I'm trying to reach a settlement here. So the ability to really see things from different points of view, that's a tough thing. You know, in a, you talked about, you know, how does law school differ now from 20 years ago or 15 years ago, whatever. It's, I mean, social media and yelling and the ability to yeah. actually like sit down and think really critically about what's the other side's position, it's gotten harder to do that, I yeah. think. But that's why what we do as lawyers is is more critical, I think, than ever, because I think we represent some some values that are a little different than what, you know, sometimes the rest of the world values. I could not agree more with that. So, Professor Four, one question I get all the time from folks who are sort of in the early stages of this process is, should I work mm-hmm. between college and law school? And I always say it depends. And so I would love to hear your take on on that question. I think kind of like like the advice about picking a major. You know, it's the question of should I work or not? Do you want to work? Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think there's any advantage or disadvantage inherently in that decision. Yeah. Um, I will say I, I do think that the the people who 
have spent some time out of school. I think they they often come to law school with a bit I don't know if purpose is the right word, but they they kind of are think are are often able to adapt really quickly in terms of like the regimented nature and sort of staying organized. Yes. I think sometimes they they almost are a little bit better at that just because they've been out there and they they tend to treat it a little more work like. Yeah. Um. And so sometimes they may not be quite as like intimidated at the start because they're like, yeah. oh, I've been doing this and it's not a big deal. I can treat this like my like my nine right. to five. Um, sometimes they might have a little easier transition, but both types of, of people are can be incredibly successful. And I don't think that there's any one type of job, just like there's not one type of major or one type of internship that is inherently better or worse. They're just yeah. different experiences that you bring. And I'll just add on to that. I think they have purpose. They also have perspective, right? So yeah, if, if somebody's talking about education law in mm-hmm. law school, someone has just come yeah. out of, of Teach for America, you know, they're going to have a perspective on that 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 really adds to the classroom. And this goes back to why we're always trying to bring people who have come from all walks of life. Mm -hmm. I also have to say, people who have been in the working world appreciate being in school. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because as I say often, there's nothing better than being in school. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally came straight through um, from undergrad and I was rather young when I started. And um, I wouldn't do it any differently, but but now having been you know working for 15 years, I'm like, gosh, it would be nice to be in school again. So, yeah, I think I think that's right. The the perspective one is is valuable. We talked about kind of the range of things that come up in law school, whether it's you know, economics or yep. philosophy or anything. And yeah, people who have been out there. And even we, we mentioned about, you know, when you're reading these judicial opinions, you're, you're reading these cases, they're stories and they're about most of the time they're about adults, right? Doing adult things, right? And, so true. and, and, you know, it's, it can be really helpful, I think. And or you may not fully appreciate, right? When you're, if, you know, if you came straight through, you're 22 and you're reading a case about some business transaction or somebody buying a house that's, you know, falling apart and you're yes. like, well, that would be bad. But if you've been out there and you like bought a house, you had a family, you're like, oh my gosh, that's, I can't believe, you know, putting yourself in that position and to have that perspective of kind of being able to empathize a little bit with those parties, so having true. a little bit more life experience, um, just gives you a different take on the situation. Yeah. So gives you maybe Absolutely. a little more um, a, 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 a more rounded experience and kind of appreciation for those aspects of what you're learning. For sure. So a couple more questions um, as we wrap up. I'm curious if you have a favorite memory from your time as a student here at UVA Law. Um well, I, I probably have to say meeting my now wife. Oh, <laughs> you met in law school? Yes. So I was in law school. She was getting her master's at the nursing school. So that I mean, that was what. So meeting my wife was great. Uh, I think also <laughs> one thing you didn't mention about, about my bio in the beginning, which I have to throw in, was I was extremely proud to represent the law school in our softball invitational tournament. Oh, so, love it. So those, those students who aren't familiar, if you're thinking about law school and another great reason to come to UVA is like softball is mm-hmm. a big thing here. And it's a super fun tradition. Everybody plays. You don't have to be good. Just everybody goes out there and plays. It's really fun. But, you know, there is this this tournament in the spring where dozens and dozens, 50 or 60 different law schools from Harvard and Florida State and Ohio State, all these different law schools come to UVA to play this tournament in April. And there are some competitive teams. You get, like, drafted. And so I, I got to play on uh, men's blue, which is, like, Whoa. the second best team. There's gold, which is the gold, best. I was blue, on the second. Orange. I was on blue. Yeah, that's great. And so that was a super fun, like, that that whole weekend, getting to meet, you know, people from all over the country and getting to play a bunch of softball with with friends. That was a that was my 3 all year. That was a nice, like, capstone. Yeah. That was a nice, like, thing to end on, kind of end law school. So I was on co-rec blue. Okay. Which was, like, yeah. you know, the co-ed, mm-hmm. again, like, second, I yeah. guess, best co-ed team. It truly is the best weekend of the year. 
And, you know, I remember so many people saying, is this what life is like here <laughs> all the time <laughs> playing softball and this weather and these this mountain views? And it really makes you remember not to take it for granted because mm-hmm. you see it sort of fresh through the eyes of other law students yeah. from other law schools. So, yeah, that's a great Great memory. Yeah. Um, and I and as a faculty member now, it's super it, it's really fun for me. Like I'll be teaching, you know, and I have the students come into class with their jerseys oh, on. Yeah. Because for those who aren't familiar, I mean the one L sections will have their own team. Mm-hmm. And then like there's a field that's directly across the street from the law school. And very often the one L teams will have like games like all during the day. Like yeah. they might have class from ten to eleven and there's a game at eleven thirty. Yep. And then they have class again. And so I love it. The students sometimes they'll come, they're covered in dirt. They yep. were like sliding whatever and they'll have their jerseys on uh one of my sections last year they gave me a, a jersey it was really fun Aww. uh yeah it's just it's a great and i think you're right it's it's, it's a great tradition and it epitomizes like it, it yeah. captures a lot of what the school is about camaraderie and balance balance and, you said yeah. earlier you got to know when to go on a hike mm-hmm. or go to the gym or sleep Having a having a chance to run around for an hour, <laughs> yeah. or even just sit outside for an hour yes. and, and cheer your, on your section, um, mm-hmm. to have that break really, is is great. It's really special. And I'm feeling all the emotions on this second day of class. You know, spending nine months or however long it was bringing in the class of 2026, knowing that they are now in your hands um, in legal research and writing just makes me so happy. And actually really excited to go out and get you another great group of, uh, <laughs> of students. So this was so much fun. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, Professor Four. It's my pleasure. This is, this is great. I really appreciate it. This has been Admissible with me, Dean Natalie Blazer, at the University of Virginia School of Law. My guest today was legal research and writing professor Joe Four. For more information about UVA Law, please visit law.virginia.edu. The next episode of Admissible will be out soon. In the meantime, you can follow the show on Instagram at at admissiblepodcast. Thanks so much for listening, and please remember to rate the show wherever you listen to podcasts.